guys, we are back again here at Metal Mastermind. Your host, Jason Stallworth and Ken Candelis. What's Dude. up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm excited. Um, this is our second podcast. Yes. And, uh, you know, our first podcast was uh, such a great topic that we had last time. It was all about talking about like things like your inner circle and also pre- preparing your annual plan and a lot of meaty stuff in our last one, dude. A lot of meat and potatoes. By the way, guys, so we've got a couple of just short clips uh, on YouTube from that podcast. So make sure you go to the Metal Mastermind YouTube channel and check those out. Of course, to listen to the entire podcast, just listen to it on the source you're listening to right now. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, we love everybody tuning in. Um, these uh, sorts of things, these efforts that we're making at Metal Mastermind, is just a, a way to help the everyday, you know, metal musician Uh, either get through the day or learn something new to help elevate their career, their playing, uh, you know, their production skills. This is what we're all about. Um, And today, uh, Jason, we want to talk about uh, comparing ourselves uh, to other musicians and finding our own sound or our own style. Um, Let's uh, let's get into that, man. What are your what are your thoughts? I mean, I know like Comparing yourself to other musicians is something we're always told, but how do we get over that emotional hurdle? Because it is an emotional hurdle, is it not? You just nailed it. Um, And guys, this is going to be no pun intended. Well, you guys know with me, the pun's always intended. This is a heavy topic. (laughs) (laughs) It is emotional, Ken. And I, I, you know, I have kind of like if I were a preacher, this is what I'd preach, you know, don't compare yourself to others. And and of course we're going to talk about something after that. Let's not give that away quite yet, even though it's in the title, (laughs) finding your own style, Uh, but comparing (laughs) yourself to others is, I would say it's really tough today. Uh, You know, at the time of this podcast, I'm 47 years old back in my early days, there was some of that going on, but not as much. People just kind of listened to music and they either liked it and enjoyed it or they didn't, right? You didn't hear people saying, oh, well, he didn't play that fast enough or this wasn't as technical as it should, blah, 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 blah. He didn't hit that vocal note right. It was more just people enjoying music. Whereas today, I, I feel that music and musicians uh, have become, some musicians, not all, but have come a bit judgmental. Uh, and I think that it's because we have it in front of our face, right? Um, in other words, you can say, Ken, uh, you know, I think this is the best guitar player I've ever heard. And then Ken, you'll say, well, hang on a second. Let me scroll through. You'll find an 11 year old on the other side of the world that can do it better and faster. And it's just like, it becomes this cesspool of, of really unnecessary judgment. So yeah, I think it's an issue, man. Yeah. You know, I think, it's also easy to look at the the pioneers of this genre and other genres too, right? And this is not just only for metal, but when you look at it and you point back to things like, you know, like, oh, a Dave Mustaine, you know, mm-hmm. or Marty Friedman, you know, like these kinds of people that are pioneers in this industry and have a name, but they were also in a time where you have a very select amount of musicians that made it right. Right. So nowadays I feel like because we have the internet, right. And everybody is able to do their thing. Now we have not just, you know, only these legendary pioneers, but we also have a plethora of just new musicians that are technically adept, 
and they have interesting songwriting skills and you know everybody now is being able to i think we're we're seeing this wave of like niche music come to fruition because everybody has you know their own take on what metal should be or what rock or country or pop or you know hip hop you know we have so many different things of music coming to light but i think what i notice are these trends right and i feel like because we are living in an age of influencers now that i think there's a a certain uh mentality of of how people are are, are attracting themselves to finding these trends and and they think that that's what they're supposed to sound like you know what i mean very good Um, point those are those are some things that i feel like i noticed uh along my 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 journey and i you know like i'm an educator so i see this in my students as well um you know so when you when you when you do something different um it's it's not immediately obvious at first man you know and i you know like we're all we're all inspired by our heroes right you know like you have your own heroes i have my own heroes like when i was in high school i was a real big fan of people like mike portnoy because i'm a you know, high school dream oh, theater yeah. head. And I'm just like, dream theater is the best band in high school. So <laughs> I like totally inspired by this guy, you know? So I still have some of my Portnoy isms in my playing, sure, but sure. you know, I think it's, it's a tough thing for people to, to step away from what their, their idols are, or when, when do they realize that they're just internalizing what their idols are? And they're actually doing something from themselves. You know, that's a that's a question that I think we should try and answer. You know, what do you where do you when did you feel like you were going and really creating something original? You know, the funny thing is, you know, when I started playing guitar Metallica, that was, you know, I was what, this is nineteen eighty-nine. I discovered them, I think, earlier that year. Uh, I took 20 bucks of grass cutting money I had, went out and bought Puppets and Justice. Of course, Justice had come out, you know, in 88. Uh, I think Puppets was 86. So nice. that was my first love. And then, of course, I got into the hair bands. I got into Guns N' Roses, White Snake, Scorpions, Damn Yankees, uh, yeah. all these other bands. And and, uh, and some of Megadeth later, I got into Megadeth Slayer, all those guys. But all that said, I think a lot of my style came from really Metallica. I was inspired by them. But I guess one of the things that irks me now, talking about comparing yourself to others uh, and just the judgment that I see out there sometimes and not this isn't everybody that plays music. Understand, this is just, you know, sometimes those that negativity you see kind of overshadows everything else if you let it. But I've even heard people say that, well, Kirk Hammett's not all that great. Metallica's not metal. They're just pop now. You might not like the newer Metallica, but it doesn't mean they're not still playing heavy metal. You know what I right. mean? They've just evolved as a band. Uh, but I just, you know, again, we're constantly comparing Metallica now to some of the, I guess, heavier bands, if you will. So therefore, we don't call Metallica metal anymore. Some people don't, right? They'll always be heavy metal to me. They were the pioneers of thrash metal along Absolutely. with all the other bands, you know, Death Angel, Testament. I always thought Testament should have been part of the big four. You know? Yeah. But I love Skull and Explain. But you, you know what I'm saying is there just seems to be a lot of judgment and just a lot of comparing. 
when, when you see that judgment and the comparisons going on between bands and guitar players and this person you just scrolled past this shredding away, you know, you start to look at yourself and you start to compare yourself to all these people. And you're like, man, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do that, you know, but I think that that's okay that maybe you're never going to be able to do exactly that because that's that person's style, right? Your style is always going to be a little bit different. We're, we're going to get into that more uh, later here. Uh, but yeah, it, I think it's, um, I think it's very harmful to compare yourself because it could even cause someone just to either throw in the towel altogether. It's like, screw it. Uh, I'm just not going to do the same or it's not for me, which I strongly encourage each and every one of you listening right now to never do that. Never give up. Uh, I don't care where you're at and you're playing or singing or whatever, but don't just keep pushing yourself to become the best musician you can be. Right. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Uh, but it, you know, it, it can cause, I think it, it can cause some damage though to you, to your psyche if you allow it to. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Uh, you know, it's, if I were, you know, a young and, and I heard that I, uh, would greatly appreciate it. Because, I, you know, here's here's a thought. One of the things that I think helps when you when you when you ask a question like, you know, how do you know you're, you're creating something original and how can you stop comparing yourself? If you haven't made an album before. It's 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 very easy to to just compare where you're at right now because you don't have a tangible product that you can really use as a milestone for your, 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 your playing. That's true. Right? Yeah. You know? So if you haven't made an album or a single or an EP or something like that, then you're comparing to your idols because you know, yeah. that's, that's what you have to go off. Um, I never answered your question, by the way, real quick. So when I st when I knew that I had my own style, uh, and styles shift, styles evolve, styles grow, and and let me just make this point real quick before I before I share this bit. Uh, you may not have just one style. I want everybody to understand that you may love metal music, and and sometimes like, well, I love metal, and everybody expects that from me, so that's what I'm supposed to do. And maybe that's true, but it doesn't mean that you can't have other styles. But uh, mm -hmm. that leading into this, so. It was uh, probably the mid-90s when I, I'd been in a band or two before that, uh, early mid-90s, um, when I formed a band called The Guys. We're a couple of guys, or three guys, and we just called ourselves The Guys. Just some cool dudes, you know? And, <laughs> the five guys. <laughs> yeah, the five burgers. guys. Yeah, yeah, the burgers, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're half that. But uh, me and me and one of my closest friends, Eddie, and, and, and I met another very, very close friend, Tom, uh, along that journey. We had a few different drummers, but we played some 80s covers, but I was writing the core of the songs. They were not metal, Ken, uh, at all. They were more kind of like, almost like pop rock, maybe like Brian Adams meets the outfield without, of course, the, the awesome range that dude had. Uh, that sort of stuff. And it was very surprising to my bandmates and to a lot of others, like, okay, Jason plays heavy metal but this is what he's writing so uh, i play metal now you know we fast forward many many years after that in 2013 i released my first instrumental metal album called apocalyptic dreams and every album i've released thereafter has been heavy metal uh, but you know i'm looking to go back and record a an acoustic style rock driven album at some point in the near future as well so 
that's when I know that I started developing my own style that, okay, yeah, I had these influences from metal guitar players, but I also loved 80s music from from rock to pop to metal. wasn't really into country or rap, you know, but uh, but all the other stuff. So all of that, you know, and then mix in bands that I love, like Nightwish and Amon Marth, And you kind of mix all that together, you know, with Richard Marks and Brian Adams, like, well, you got something kind of different here. <laughs> so anyway, I hopefully yeah. that makes sense to some of you who, who, you know, yeah, you've got this one style, but you also have this other stuff inside of you. And I encourage you to let that out, you know, give that. A oh, I, I totally understand what you mean. And I, I feel like in some ways I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good example of what that looks like because my yeah. my own music is very much inspired by world and ethnic music and i'm you know putting that together in a symphonic metal album and that's like <laughs> yeah. it's like a big melting pot of all these styles so i totally understand what you mean and the premise of you know playing around with all of your influences yeah. despite whether it's you know don't don't just you know disregard something because it's not necessarily from metal you know right, it's right. it's got it's got value to add you know how like there is uh I, I think it was called mute the saint it was a band called mute the saint and it was a uh indian uh like uh what do they call those uh sitar type. yeah yeah sitars yeah it, it was sitar metal it was right. so cool you know and you have all these different and you know and indian music is very much uh, driven by rhythm patterns, right? It's really cool, man. So yeah. you, you know, if you ever, if you ever listen to, and you know, for those of you who haven't really dived into it, look into it, right? Listen to stuff called konakol, okay? Konakol. It's a, it's a, it's a vocal rhythmic technique. You know, it's the the stuff that you'd hear in Indian music that goes something of the sort like da You know, stuff like like I don't, I'm not an expert in it, but it's it's these vocal intonations that uh, you know, represent, you know, like either downbeats or accents in, in rhythmic music. And they'll use that as an inspiration for, you know, like drumming or, you know, all this, like, and it was like, basically like sitar gent, you know, cause it makes sense, you know, that's the new genre, dude. Oh, it's, it was so cool. It was so, so cool. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you, you wouldn't think that, you know, would work but unless you tried it. Right. And right. so these sorts of backgrounds, you know, everybody has their own background and stuff. Uh, you know, like my my family is uh, Latino. Right. So I have a lot of influence from like salsa and guaguanco and all these types of, you know, genres of the Caribbean. And, uh, you know, I have some of those also those isms in my music because of just groove and feel and yeah. how I want it to just, you know, express through the music, but I'm doing it in a metal way, you know? Um, so I would also like when, and just to come back to that point of, you know, if you haven't made an album, right. Um, to, to experiment with the things that influence you, you know, and one of the things that I would also keep in mind is, Whatever the music that is in your head, right, to try your very best to interpret that information, one way you can do that is by making a cover song and creating that song how you feel it should have been made, you know, to the best of your abilities, 
right? Because I like that a lot, man. Yeah. You know, because if that's one of your influences, right, take that song and be like, oh man, but I could I I could hear all this stuff, and you can just play around with it, right? Yeah. And working on doing something that is one that reaches into your roots. So, you know, you know the song really well, you know, and then you can play around with it. You know, if you're, you know, you're a symphonic metal guy like I am, you'll, you'll, you'll add an orchestra with it and just play around with the sounds and see what you get. Or maybe you want to do an electronic version of that, or maybe you want to, you know, do a gent version or you want to do a thrash version. There's all these different types of, you know, ways you can go with it, but you already know the core structure of that song. So that takes away the the pressure of having to create the song, right? Right, right. Yeah. Just take an existing song, play around with what you have, and see what comes out of that, right? And I like try to, and yeah. try doing something different, right? Because it's like you already know the song, so you could play it exactly as the song is made, right? Well, what will that show you? Okay, that you can play the song, right? <laughs> so now yeah, I, don't, I don't see anything special to that, to be honest with you. And if so the band goes up and plays note for note, well, somebody already wrote that, right? Some they already they just put on the CD, or you know, I guess it's a digital copy these days. No, I and again, you know, and most of you guys listening know, I play live solo acoustic gigs. I kind of go the opposite route. I take a song that's that's uh, got the full mix, like Summer of '69, Brian Adams, right. Uh, yep. I mentioned the outfield earlier. I do a couple of their songs. I don't have that guy's vocal range. So a lot of those guys vocal range from the eighties, I don't have. So I transpose them to a key that fits my voice and my style. I play them on acoustic uh, and I play them different. Now they're recognizable, right? right? But I add my own twist to it. And I encourage you guys to do the same, you know, put your own twist to it. And that's a good way to really develop your own style. This is how I'm interpreting this song for me. Well, that's going to help you write your own song because you start to discover, okay, well, this is this is the style that's naturally coming out as I'm playing this. Yeah, and listen to that intuition, man. A lot yes. of this is just, yes. yeah, it, a lot of this, again, is not obvious. And creating music is a very slow process. It's not a, it's not a fast thing. You know, discovering your own sound, that's, that's something that's going to take you years you know um and you know when you when you're in the middle of it you know like looking back i can see oh you know that was a pivotal point when i went in this direction you know but you know while you're in it it doesn't look as obvious so it doesn't man you you have to you have to give yourself in a sense you know that space and that time you know and you can only kind of go with your gut as where it's going to take you so you got to trust what your gut's telling you because you're going to find that that is going to be the most natural way that you you also start to to make music, right? And now we're and you're, you're talking about metal, Ken. You know, you're you're in, you're doing the symphonic metal. This is kind of symphonic, uh, uh, you know, cinematic metal. It's got some death metal vocals, but dude, you're also in a rock band. That's yeah. that's really nothing like what you're doing with Homeric. So right. that's a good example there, right? Absolutely, yeah. And play with other people. You know, yeah. that's an important part of it too. Yeah. You know, I feel. Uh, very strongly that a lot of my my creativity was spurred by the presence of others. So you know, and if you're you know if you're in in a situation like I am, where you know my my baby, my which is Homeric, is is the brainchild of what I do, but it's a project that I am at the end of the day solely responsible for. Yeah, it's only the, this other this other band that I play with four trips ahead that's a 
that's a heavy metal band. It's a, it's a real band that I go in and I literally offer myself as the drummer of the band. I'm not like this, you know, mastermind behind all this stuff. I am a performer and I am a songwriter in the band, but I, I arrange everything with everybody in the band, you know, and that helps challenge me because, you know, you surround, you want to surround yourself with people in this case that are, you know, at the same level or better than, and, you know, these are, these are, you know, musicians that I respect very highly. So when I'm around them, you know, we always, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll screw around and we'll, we'll have fun. But at the end of the day, we always get down to business and we always work on our craft. And, you know, if you have that kind of environment, it's very, very nurturing to your performance and development and your songwriting, because now you're naturally not only tapping into just, you know, you being on the computer at home and just doing this, right? Right, but you're also really immersing yourself and using that uh, musical intelligence that you already have um, that's inside you. And you're, you're sharing that with others and feeding that off of others. And you're able to sort of see, okay, whether that this was a good, good, good idea, or, you know, I, I noticed this flaw in my playing, right? And then those are things that you can work on, you know? And that's a that's very cool. important part of being a musician. You have to play with other people. And you got to give them room, though, too. Uh, it just And you know this better than anyone, um, you know, and as I've played in other bands, you've got to give the other musicians plenty of room to integrate their own styles, right? Uh, their core style and your core style may be a little different, but what you can bring together can be something really just just a beautiful creation so uh allowing them to uh to express their styles musically whether it be voice or guitar bass drums whatever uh and then being a part of that that kind of changes you a little bit you know what i mean it it changes your perspective it's like okay it's not just me 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 or the way i play i'm playing my style but I hear what this person's doing over here and that one's doing over there. So let me change things up to fit, to build something together. Right. So that, that's, yeah. a, that can be a very beautiful thing and it can really change you in a good way. Yeah. I was actually just watching this video uh, yesterday for one of my classes and it was an interview with uh, the film score composer, Hans Zimmer. Oh. And he was talking to, uh, I think it was Vanity Fair and he was telling them, about how he communicates to his musicians uh, with his compositions, and it's it's actually really funny. He will he will just tell them, you know, like you know this like a flautist, the uh, person who plays the flute. He'll tell them, oh, um, don't just play the flute. He says in this, and it was for the movie Dune. So if you've ever Ooh, you ever seen yeah, the movie dude. Dune, yeah. yeah, it's it's like a you know sand you know wasteland, right? Yeah. So he's just like. I want you to play as if you were the winds of dunes in sand, Ooh. right? And he was, and the guy is just kind of looking at him, kind of like, "Okay, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try." And he'll, and he'll like literally, like in his, in his, te- in his articulation and technique, he, he's, he's got that in his head now. You yeah. know, he, he is the performer, right? He is the representation of this wind that Hans Zimmer's asking for, right? So. You know, now he's doing things and he's doing it a little bit unorthodox because what is Hans Zimmer asking for? He's not asking for a traditional performance, right? right. The so, wind is unorthodox, right? The wind can change at any moment. So it's, it's and that's a flowing. very important lesson. It's yeah. 
it's it's being able that when you're composing, right? And you're and you're, you know, having people on your project and you're 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 giving them the instruction of what it is, give them a little bit of the liberty to interpret the music. Yeah. You know, and we actually talked about this last time, right? Which is like old composers, European composers like Bach and all these people, they would write the music, but they always knew that it was going to have to be interpreted. Right. right, right. So they couldn't, they, there's not like they're writing MIDI. I mean, they didn't even know what MIDI was. Right. So, (laughs) so they're just, they're talking and they're, they're, they're saying, okay, you know, I know I can only write so much because at the end of the day, people are imperfect and they're going to, they're going to interpret this in some way, shape or form. And each performance is always going to be a little bit different, which is so cool. You know, that is true. You know, oh. I did the same thing with Cameron Fleury, who did who did the drums for my last album, Masterpiece, and, and the one Overcometh that I've been sitting on for almost two years now. Uh, but you know, I, I I sent him the drum program that I programmed the drums for. Just this is what I needed to write the rhythms for the songs and the songs themselves. Uh, and he asked, "Do you want me to follow this?" I'm like, "No, don't. You don't have to follow any of it unless you want to. If you want to do something similar, but I, I want you to have the ultimate freedom." Because you're a drummer. I'm not a drummer. Yeah, I hear certain things, and and I could do that myself. I could tell the drummer, well, I want you to play exactly this, but why do that? Now my song is going to be, I'm going to be the weakest link in my song had I done that, right? Instead, I I gave him, and I would give any musician just the complete openness. Hey, do what you feel, because I'm I'm hiring you for that reason, right? I want your interpretation, and that's going to make the song that much better. Yeah, and I would would also kind of put to that is that you know what you're giving them is a guideline you know right right right. um you know and i'm sure they're you know like in many music you know like if you were to play like a steely dan record you know uh and you were bernard purdy the drummer who played you know on these records you know like they were given sheet music they were given that as as session musicians you know so they had to play you know something that was pretty accurate to what they wanted but there was also uh, the the flavor that was in it, right? That that's what Bernard Purdy brought to the table, and that's why they always kept calling Bernard Purdy because he had a he had a feel that was unique, right? So you know you're doing this, and you're 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 you know you're thinking, okay, well, why why do we have all these different types of drummers and guitar players, bass players, vocalists, right? Everybody's unique, like. Sure, there are many different people who can do, you know, screaming growl vocals, but like there's only one corpse grinder, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So you got you got your own sound and how you approach that. And the it's always about does it serve this? And I'm holding my hands up here because it's like this is the song, right? The idea. Big picture, right? Man, yeah. It's never about me or the 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 ego. Right. You got to you got to take away the ego because at the end of the day, you know, it's all about what's the song needing, at, uh, you know, from from you. And you are just like a channel. You're you're a muse and you're using it to just kind of feed that idea. You know, like I'll I'll you know, we last last episode, we talked about your inner circle. And I, I had mentioned I had some bandmates that I had to uh, disassociate from. Yep. Every time I every I every time I listen to my you know my first album, which included those bandmates, 
I still genuinely enjoy the album. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> because that's it's, good. You can see that. Because it's, uh, you know, I, I'm listening to to the music that was created, you know, and I'm not, you know, listening to it as just an egotistical, all oh, like, screw this guy or this gal or whatever, <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, we did a great job. And that that was what was important. You know, I've even had certain people talk to me and say, you know, you know, well, I don't like what they did, but I still like the music. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, well, that's that's totally fine, you know, because that's what it was about. It was about the music and that's what you needed to really keep in, in mind. Right. So if you have a great music, like it doesn't matter who's in it. It's 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 always going to have that element of greatness. So, sure. you know, you can't take it away from that. Um, and that's important. You know, it's like it, that. that's the thing. It's like music separates all of us from the entity that it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all want to take credit for doing it. But, you know, if it's a good song, it's a good song and it'll hold itself on its own two feet. And by the way, I think we merged into uh, our second topic about 15 minutes ago, finding yeah. your own style. You know, you, you, just to kind, <laughs> totally. of, you know, kind of everything we've been talking about has really been catered uh, to helping you guys, helping us find our own style. There's sometimes, Ken, where I don't know if I've actually, you know, really dis- discovered myself musically. Uh, but then if I really sit back and think about that, okay, well, I did. When I released my album in 2013, you know, that was who I was at that time when I had formed the band, The Guys. Well, that's what I was doing at that time. Uh, right. We had to allow ourselves to evolve. And I think that evolution does have to be, I don't want to use overuse the word organic because we just label everything organic these days. But I do think that has that needs to be an organic transition into uh, what your next uh, phase is as a musician, right? What are you evolving into? Uh, you may be going a heavier route. You may not be going a heavier. Like I feel myself right now, Ken, I'm, I'm kind of, as soon as I'm finished with this one album, I've got two projects I'm going to be working on this year, but one of them is again, more of a kind of like a rock acoustic type thing. Right. Uh, now, does that mean my entire style is going to change? Not so much, but for this next project, it is going to evolve a bit. Right. Now, yeah. the one after that, I may, I may decide to do a death metal project down the road. Who knows? Right. But you, you just have to give yourself that freedom, I think, to, uh, to do that and understand that whatever your style is, it's not wrong. Right. As metalheads, sometimes we can be uh, we can go back to that whole comparing musicians and, and the, the realm of judgment there and be like, well, that's not metal enough. You know, you, you know, you. but if it's whatever is in you at that time, I think you had to release that. You had to get that out. Uh, it might be a lighter version. It might be a heavier version. You may be more of a rock guitar player, but you're, you're starting to go to this extreme, you know, black metal route. Hey, let that be the path as long as that's truly organic and it's, it's truly, you know, boiling up within you, or it might be completely the opposite, right? You might be right. into extreme metal writing that. And, but you might pick up your acoustics, like, you know what? I, I'm really enjoying this right now. Hey, let it be right. There's no wrong answer here. So, uh, but going back to comparing yourself, do guys, <laughs> Ken and I will both just hammer you over the head, right? Until you do not compare yourself to other musicians or, or to anyone for that matter. Yeah, it's uh but it's a slow burn, dude. It's a slow it burn. You know, um I think for 
seasoned musicians, it's a little easier for us to understand that um, because we've, we've spent the time and the hours, you know, perfecting our craft. Um, but, you know, even, even being like a seasoned musician, you could be a seasoned musician and only play covers all your life too. Um, I think anybody who's really in the mindset of trying to do something original, it's a commitment. You're making a commitment to yourself. That is, I'm not satisfied with just learning other people's music or using other people's music. You want to do something that's bigger than, you know, than that. And you want to make your own legacy. And that's, you know, partially what it comes down to. Um, it's your contribution to the world. So, you know, it's, it's a sacred thing, you know, and like, through all the, the hardship that I've gone through with my own project, um, I've never once said, yeah, I'm just going to hang the towel and that's it. Because at the at my core, it's like a conflict of my own code. <laughs> it's like my, my, my body does not compute giving up on this creative endeavor because right. it's it's something that has to be coming out of me in this world, you know? Um, if you don't feel that way about your music, you know, then you're not taking it seriously. This is a, this is a craft that is a representation of your being, you know? And if you, and you know, I tell, I tell you know, students all the time, music industry is not easy. You know, <laughs> people will say, of course, oh, you know, you could probably find better ways to make money. And they're probably right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're you know? probably right. <laughs> they're probably right. But you're not doing music because you wanted to make bank. You know, right. you're doing music because this is what was calling you and right. you can't see yourself doing anything else. OK, so if it's not for that first reason, then I would strongly consider what it is that you're doing because again no, yeah this is this is a craft this is a sacred pilgrimage for many of us a, a journey of uh, of, our, of our lifetime you know and once you're a musician you're always a musician but not every musician is a songwriter okay That's so yeah. if you're a songwriter and you're creating original music you have to treat it as a religious pact to yourself yeah. that this is something that comes from, you know, call it a higher power, you know, you know, this is why, by the way, okay. Many old composers back in the, back in the Renaissance, back in the Baroque period, this is why they made a lot of holy music. Okay. Yeah. They felt that their music, musical ability was given to them by God. Right. And I'm not and, yeah. and I'm not I'm not a religious person, but this is what they believe, you know, and they felt it was from a higher power. That's why they created all these different types of masses and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like for all the secular music that they could have done, look at all the freaking religious music they did with that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you absolutely, know? man. Yeah. So it's 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 telling you something just right, just about that, you know. Um, and you know, that's, that's, that's my, that's my word of advice, you know, take it as seriously as a commitment to 
you know, a, a higher, a higher power, a higher entity, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But that that is channeling through you in order to create this this wonderful piece of music that is unlike any other because it is yours. Yep, yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. And along with that, guys, um, if you're not creating daily habits that push you further towards that goal of writing original music, right? Then you need to make a schedule. You need to get to doing that. Um, Cause that's a big thing too. We're kind of getting to more of a, a practical side of things here. Uh, you know, do not compare yourself to others. Do not do that. Okay. Don't because you're not that person. And guess what? They are not you understand that whatever's coming out of you organically, like we're talking about here. Well, guess what? No one can do that as well as you can, right? Because that's your inspiration. That's coming from deep with them. But now to get that, right, you have to, you have to practice. Okay. I know that's, we're getting kind of on the, well, yeah, I know I need to practice, but you'd be surprised on how many people, musicians and, and people that want to do great things with their life, you know, they dream up this pie in the sky. Well, I want this, but they're not taking those steps. Uh, so on that note, I would say no pun intended, but it's it's definitely intended. <laughs> On that note, guys, um, remember we at Metal Mastermind, if you go to metalmastermind.com, you can get into our courses specific to rock and metal musicians. So uh, I want to encourage you to definitely check those out, guys. Yeah, it's going to be uh, something that is a, a tool, okay? Right. You know, I always look at these things as a tool and, uh, you know, helping you along your journey. Your journey is always going to be unique to you, but... Uh, if, if we can help you in any way in that regard, you know, look at what we offer and see if that's what's right for you. Uh, we're also very open to our community. You know, join our yeah. Discord uh, by signing up to our email lists. Um, and, you know, you will get access to the community where we have like-minded people uh, yeah. who are very, very supportive and want to see each other grow. And, you know, show yourself off, see what you got and, you know. Yeah potentially collaborate with others. That's what Metal Mastermind offers uh, you uh, as the listener and as a student. So uh, I hope you and you know, Jason, you know, we both hope you guys take the action that we know is going to help you in your, in your musical career. So uh, with that, thanks so much. Yeah, guys, thank you. Thank you. And until next time, always remember to create your own sound. <laughs>